2: That's Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW group. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Here we go, Sherry. One, two, three, Let Sherry baby rock your soul. She's gonna help you break the mold. She's super magic, truth be told. Ooh, oh, oh, oh. Got lots and lots of you. musical gold. Spirituality, conviviality, sexuality, quality time on the air
0: time on the air, time on the air, with Sherry, cause and effect. Hello everybody, this is Sherry Sanders, welcome to Cause and Effect, and I'd like to tell you the story of Shayla Benoit. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> well actually, the, how the story of Shayla Benoit started, at least for me in our relationship, was um, it had gotten to a point where I had gotten fancier. <laughs> and, yes, <fancy. laughs> <I'm>
2: fancier.
0: <laughs> and, and I got a job at music notes. And it was one of those things where I was like, I can't shoot video content on my phone for music notes anymore. I need a professional. I need a filmmaker. I need somebody to shoot me and edit and collaborate with me. So our friend Nika Graf Lanzaroni, everyone's friend Nika said, Oh, Shayla Benoit, you're going to be peas in the pod." She's a star. She is a star. Nika Graff, Lanzarone, the best. The best. We had her on here also. She actually popped my cherry. We had our first podcast. She's a great
1: person to pop yeah. your cherry. Oh, yeah.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah.
1: <laughs> and she's amazing. She's incredible. So I'm glad you got to talk to her.
0: Oh, yeah. Well, so she, she said, obviously, it was you. And so it was one of those things where it's like, yeah, let's just, we got together and we immediately were like immediate collaborators and immediate friends. And the excellence that you brought to my brand. And it was amazing because Shayla basically was like this. Where are we going? What do you need? Got her kit on one shoulder, her, this <laughs> on the other arm, and would meet you there. And it was always like this incredible experience, right? So she basically helped me next level. She shot all of the video content on my website. So a, part, a true part of me growing as, as a brand and a human being. So then I'm at a point where music notes is like, wow, 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 wow. Sherry, you're blowing up the joint. Let's make more commercials. We love Shayla. Give her a call. Let's get some more commercials going. Great. I text Shayla. Shayla, baby. Shayla, are you ready for more action? What are you doing in the next couple of weeks? And then I get a text back. And the text is, Sherry, you're not going to believe this. I'm texting you from the hospital. They found a lump. And then I said, okay, baby, you just, (laughs) you tell me what you need. And that was, I think, Shayla, um, I caught you right in the moment where you You were
1: in the the heat of it because I, I mean, I had a, I had a shoot the day before I had a shoot the day, after I went to the hospital, I was supposed to have a shoot the day after I went to the hospital. And so I was still fielding all these business texts. Um, and so it was, It. I mean, I'll just, I'll start yeah. from the beginning. Can you tell everybody what happened? How,
0: please, because I, I just, I, I don't think anybody ever talks about this. And nobody,
1: that's what I have realized throughout this entire journey is that nobody talks about any of it. And, and nothing and i think and not just about cancer journey when people have miscarriages when people can't get pregnant when people have other um you know health issues everyone's so afraid to talk about it and then it just puts this shame and anxiety on everybody and then yes. you can, you don't heal well you're not yes. healing well when you're holding this secret in all the time
0: right because um, you can't um you can't discharge it can't People can't yeah. carry any of it for you, and that's yeah. what we're supposed to do, right? As a community, and that and a lot of people who have been, had cancer before have done it in complete silence.
1: Yeah, and it's it, that it, that's just not who I am. So, no. uh, it, in November of 2019, I it was my 34th birthday. I went to Rome, had a blast, yeah, went by, by myself, <laughs> had a great time, lived my best life, came back, and uh, I ha- I got a cough, which I thought was just a normal winter in New York, phlegmy cough
0: yeah.
1: and, uh, and it wouldn't go away. And then it morphed into that really hoarse cough when you're just, when you can't, um, it's like a tickle in your throat. You can't stop coughing. Yes. And, um, and then I, I got met, I kept going back and forth to the doctors. I, I went to the doctors in Florida where I'm originally from. Yeah. Um, it, I also had a rash on my chest. Thank um, oh was God. so itchy and I, I thought they were two separate things. And so I thought, Oh, the, I went to the dermatologist. She told me it's something called Grover's disease. Not like, you know, the Sesame street Grover. No, not that um, apparent-
0: Grover's-,
1: <laughs> Grovers. Yes. And so, and it's really kind of a catch all when they don't know what the rash is. They just oh, say, they call it Grover's. Yeah, they call it Grovers. So I was like, okay.
0: IBS, IBS. Yeah, yeah. General, you got a rash. Okay,
1: cool. I got, and then they say it's typical in old men. So I was like, cool. (laughs) I got this old man rash and this cough happening. Um, So then I came back to New York. I have an amazing ENT in New York. And he was like, well, something's not right with you. Let's just, but I don't know what it is yet. Let's just put you on steroids, antibiotics, all these sorts of things. And then I felt better. Um, and then the second that the meds were over, it all came right back. And so I was, I had a follow-up appointment with him. And since I was feeling better, I was like, well, maybe I'll just cancel the follow-up since I'm feeling better. But then when the meds stopped, I still, it all came back. So I went to my doctor. He said, let's get a chest X-ray. Um, and I was coming back across town. I was in a Duane Reed and he called me and said, you need to come to the ER right now. And he, at first they thought it was pneumonia. So I went into the ER and when you see the scan, your lungs are normally supposed to be black because there's nothing in your lungs. Right. And my right lung was completely white, <gasps> was fully white. Um, and so they said, yeah, we think you have pneumonia. They put me on antibiotics. Um, I was you know, in the ER, my good friend, Tim Grady came to meet me. Thank God. Um, and then they were like, you know what? We just want to make sure that this isn't, Something else. It could be a mass, but we. So let's just get like you know a CT with contrast. Yeah. And and Tim's like it's not it's not. Oh, can we curse on this con? Oh yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> who's with Shayla?
1: I'm just checking. Tim so was like, it's not a fucking mass. And I was like, I know it's not a fucking mass. Um. <laughs> and then turns out it was a mass. Yeah. It was a very very large mass growing in my chest. Um. And at first, I had a I had a doctor in the ER. And I call her the female Doogie Hauser because she was, she looked 12, she looked <laughs> only 12. And um, she came in, she first asked me, she asked my friend Tim to leave the room and she goes, I just have to ask you, do you have HIV? And I oh. said, no. And I knew I didn't have HIV. I, I was positive. Not that having HIV is an issue by any means, but I knew a hundred percent I didn't have HIV. And she kept pushing me because she thought I was lying. She kept saying, are you sure? Are you sure you don't have HIV? And I was like, I know I don't have HIV. What?
0: <laughs> what and was it is because it? of your blood cells? Were No, it's because
1: she said, we don't see this kind of, this is before they fully knew what it was. She's like, we don't see something this aggressive typically on someone that's as healthy as you are.
0: Oh my God.
1: So when she came back in hours later to tell me it was cancer, I said, I, I immediately in my head said, no, she said, you have cancer. And in my head, I said, no, I don't. Because she's coming in here trying to tell me I have HIV when I don't yeah, have right. HIV. What else is
0: she going to tell you? Yeah. yeah. And, you know, yeah. And so I'm just like, no, You're I don't have cancer. <laughs> yeah, know.
1: exactly. And I also really want to make it clear that no issues with HIV. I have plenty of friends with <laughs> HIV. I don't want people I, to think I'm course. like, eh, about it. Yeah, but no, I knew it. I didn't have it. Didn't so have it. I was just like, what is what is happening? So, um over the course of the next couple days, I had biopsies. I had all sorts of tests and um, come to find out it is something or it was something called primary mediastinal B-cell lymphoma. And it's, uh, I kept asking, you know, what causes this? Did I do something? You know, you're racking your brain. Of, yeah. I'm not, I've never smoked a thing in my life. I've never done drugs. I am a very, I don't drink very much. You are, I, you're very,
0: you're very straight. I am, look I'm, that square. Way. I'm the first
1: one to tell you I am a square. Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah. You're, high <laughs> and, you're high on life. That, that's yeah. how I that, no, yeah that is.
1: Yeah, that's yeah. so true. And so I was, and so three different doctors told me this is what we call bad luck cancer where a cell just divides. It just does what it wants. Yeah. It just does what it wants. And then it creates this thing. So, um, when I kept asking, you know, what's going on, no one would look me in the eye. Every, like my family, my friends, my doctors, they kept saying, cause I kept saying, how big is this tumor in my chest? And they kept being like, well, it's bigger than a fist. It's bigger than a fist, but nobody would, I could, I just felt, I was like, people are not, keeping it Being real with, honest me. with me. yeah. And after my first round of chemo, um, I saw my PET scan. The PET scan is where, you know, it, the cells light up on a scan, um, to show where the cancer is. And from my neck to above my stomach, my entire chest was neon yellow. And that was a, that was a very overwhelming moment for me that I, that is when I, I started crying because I, I that's when it really
0: hit you. That is when it really
1: hit me of like, what, what is happening? Cause I, you know, Cherry, you know me, I'm a person that, you know, you tell me what needs to be done. I'm like, when and where? And so when they were like, you, you have cancer, I'm like, okay, what do we do? Get rid of it. Okay. Chemo. Great. Let's start. Let's do it. Um, and so I was very focused on just like, okay, let's just do whatever we need to do. And so then seeing bright yellow everywhere Mm -hmm. on my chest area, that Mm -hmm. was, um, that was
0: something. Yeah. I bet. And how, when nobody, when did people start looking you in the eye and getting real with you about it and getting on the Shayla train? Because I, well, I felt like everyone
1: was on the Shayla train. I think everybody just, they didn't, um, they didn't know how to handle
0: the emotional part
1: yet. Yeah. That is such a huge thing about this journey too, is that, um, it's not just you going through this. It's your whole community going through this with you. And everyone is so, um, well-intentioned, but it's trauma. And like, no one is really trained to deal with trauma, whether it's happening to you personally or your best friends going through it or your family, your sister, your daughter, whatever. And so everybody's just trying their best, you know? And so I, I felt supported a hundred percent. I just felt like some things up when nobody's looking <laughs> looking me in the eye. You know what I mean? But um, but I am really grateful for my team I have in New York. They were amazing. Um, yeah. You said that really the doctors in it. New
0: York were really good for you because when you had to go to Florida, you were yes. saying that you didn't like the doctor that you got, right? Or you didn't feel like you were on the same page as him.
1: I don't, I, you know, what I really liked about my doctor in New York is that he gave me hope yeah. He told me right from the beginning, he said, you know what, this is the good news is it's aggressive. So we take aggressive treatment against it to get rid of this thing. Mm-hmm. It's curable. You're young, you're healthy. Yes. Yes. They all kept telling me, they're like, you're complete. All of your tests come back completely normal, except for this massive tumor. In your chest. <laughs> so they're like, you're going to be fine. You're going to bounce back, whatever. And then my doctor down here, his approach is like, let's give you every worst case scenario that could possibly happen. And that's just not who I am. I want to be realistic, no doubt, but, um, I, I like to take the side of hope. I like to take the side of optimism. Um, and and every book that I've read now on this subject, it's, it's part of your healing. I mean, yes, medicine is a part of it, but your mental state and how you handle it, I 110% believe is, is part of your growing and your, your healing process.
0: So Shayla, I want to talk about some of my favorite things that went on while you were getting chemo. Shayla would was incredibly transparent with us. Like she started sharing right away. I'm going in pictures, videos of you shaving your head, right? Yeah. And you said, I'm taking everybody with me on this journey. Everybody's coming with me. And we're like, we're coming with you, <laughs> you know? And so it was, it, we've sort of been on the process and then it would get quiet and then you would come back and you would be like... Hey, and we would catch you in a video on a walk, right? And you're on that walk, right? And it's in the, the pandemic was happening. Let's just also say for the record that Shayla was in the hospital getting cancer treatments in the middle of a pandemic while there was coronavirus all over the hospital.
1: And I had a respiratory cancer. So I was like number one at risk for, you know, Corona. (laughs) It's terrible.
0: (laughs) But- The good news is because of that, you were protected in the best way. Mm -hmm. And um, so while that was going on, every so often, we'd get a video from Shayla taking a walk. Right? So Shayla would take a walk and she's like, you know, I can't really walk that far. And I'm going to be authentic with you. I'm in a diaper right now. Yep. And that's just the reality of what's going on. And I was like, oh, my God. You're saying what no one says.
1: I you I, I didn't even really think about it. Sometimes I sometimes
0: when I'm like really sharing, I'm like, eh, was this like the best thing to share? But I it, 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 it has always been the best thing to share. We we've we've loved and uh, admired and appreciated every moment that you've been through.
1: you through. Well, and the amazing thing is when people write me and they're like, I'm going through X Y and Z and seeing this today like really helped me. Um I you know, because we're in a pandemic, I have contact with no one. I mean, I see my mom, I see my stepdad because I'm with them recovering right now. Um, I occasionally see my sister and my brother-in-law and I occasionally see my dad and that is it. Um, I don't have, I I am, I am extra quarantined in my house. So that was also, you know, I have, I'm blessed with a, an amazing community of family and friends that are here, there and everywhere. And so that was my way of updating people and just, I, there's just power in sharing people's stories. I find when people are so uh, transparent and vulnerable yeah, yeah. and you know, I don't really have the energy to not be authentic right now and no, to like sidestep things right now.
0: It's exhausting. it's exhausting. And every ounce of energy needs to be in the moment and present and connected to, yeah, that whatever is with you. Yeah. And, and when I was like,
1: I'm wearing Depends right now. Do you know how many people were like, oh my God, I love Depends. I'm like, why is nobody talking about the fact that sometimes we be ourselves? You know, well, sometimes you shit yourself. Like right. it happens.
0: And also things happen to the body when it's in a healing process and when it goes yep. through things. And, you know, there was this commercial that I saw. I don't know if you saw it, but there was a commercial that was, was it in the middle of some kind of a sports event and it got taken down? I don't remember what it was, but anyway, it was a woman after after she had birth, and it was her getting up out of bed and getting on the toilet, and you know the guts come out, the yeah. guts come out, and everybody is like, my a baby! Yay!" and it's like, "Yay, another baby!" and it's like we don't talk about how women have a leaky faucet for months after that yeah. and the stitches in the insides and the pelvic floor problems and the pain, right? It's all a secret. It's shame. Just like, you know, I'm just getting, I'm perimenopausal right now. I'm cooking from the inside. Yes. Nobody talks about menopause Nobody because there's shame around menopause and periods. And so the shame around all of these things, what are we keeping? We don't want to b- upset people. What is this? Sh- Why are we, ke- you know, so anyway, you, so here you are, you're going, I'm wearing, I'm, I'm taking a walk. I'm in a diaper. It's in the middle of the pandemic. And I literally, we would all walk away and go, I, I, I don't, I've never met anybody like Shayla before. I can't believe that of all the people in the world right now, she's inspiring all of us to carry on.
1: Well, th- thank you. I appreciate that. I appreciate I just, your
0: transparency. Your transparency is number one, man. It's- thank you
1: but isn't it? I just think it's, I just think it's important. It's also, it's been healing for me too. I mean, I, it's, people have been, I I could never have imagined the way that people have reacted to just being, just being honest. It's not, you know what I mean? I'm just like, this is what it is. This is what it is today. Um, and, and treatment was, was one thing. And then treatment during Corona was just like, are you kidding me? I had this so we decided to move my treatment down to Florida. That's where my family is. Right, it's easier for me to get her. And this is just before things got really bad in New York in with Corona.
0: Oh, in New York with Corona. because yeah. okay. mm-hmm. it got so, bad in Florida. Yeah, and that <laughs> followed me. I know. So
1: when I got to it's Florida, uh-huh. yeah, when I got to Florida, everything was pretty fine. Here we had really so few cases at the time. So I had this image in my head of. I don't know if you've seen sex in the city when Samantha gets breast cancer and yeah, they are all like, you know, having popsicles with their $400 shoes on and like <laughs> laughing at, you know, like cancer's is hilarious. And so I was like, great. I'm going to connect with all my childhood friends. That I don't get to see very often. We're going to Kiki and have some popsicles and it's going to be great. And my best friend was coming up with like a schedule of everybody driving me to and from the hospital. And, yeah. and then no one can be with you. You, I mean it, and, it, it also, you have this thing called chemo brain happening, where yeah,
0: nobody talks about that. You get brain fog, right?
1: Oh my god, I, that that was a moment too, because like I am a names, I like see oh. people's face, I know their name, like I I am a you know You're an encyclopedia. Pers- oh yeah.
0: yeah, Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, you got everything at the tip of your tongue, absolutely. And I could not
1: uh, remember, I mean, I knew what it was. I described it as the place where we keep food cold. I couldn't think of the word refrigerator.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And like, when that happened, I, I just started crying. Cause you're just yeah. like, what, what will, what will get better? Will it get better? I don't know. Thank God that part is not as bad. I still find myself searching for words now and then. Um, you know, that is what it is. It's not terrible by yeah. any means. It's not like mm-hmm. what it was. It was really scary at first. I bet. Um, but you know, you're here with this like brain that you don't really know and mm-hmm. you're getting all that you, I have to drive myself. I have to go by myself. I have to listen to the doc. And you know, when you're getting stuff from a doctor, there's an emotional side where you tend to shut down, which is why you have someone with you most of the time right. to keep it real with you to be like, to this is actually what was said. Yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you didn't have that. You had to process that on your own. Yeah. And
1: so I would take copious they thought I was crazy. I just would take all these notes. I would record my doctor's yeah. visits. Yeah. Um, cause you just, it's so treatment during Corona is just so, so hard. And I'm a person that like, I want to go hang out with my best friends and, you know, yeah, watch a movie with special. them. Yeah, Yeah. And I, that's what makes me feel better. And so like, that's all that's gone right now. So that was also part of this, like, I, I just need to share what's happening with me, and it would make me feel. It was it was like getting something off my chest, you know.
0: Yeah, and the response you always got from all of us, and you know, I want to go back to this thing that because every once in a while I would just text you and be like, "Shayla, hey how you doing, honey?" You know, um, and you and we would just talk about how much everybody loves you, you know, and <laughs> um, and you had said to me something that was so special, which is that you just had no idea.
1: Yeah, it would. I mean. I, I am blessed with an incredible community and, but you don't, I feel like people don't see this outpouring of love and how people really feel about you until you're dead. These these are the things that like people say when When you're gone, gone,
0: you know, when you were alive. Yeah. (laughs) And I mean,
1: my, my friends created a a GoFundMe for me that I, I didn't know about at first. Um, Yeah. And then they were like trying to like get me to go. And this was when I still hadn't like really come out, if you will, that I had cancer. And they were like, you really should share it. We'd love to. They finally told me that they had created this thing. And I just felt so I one I was just like, I'm not part of sharing it initially was like admitting that I had it, you know, Um, and for to myself of like the reality of like, okay, I have this. Um, But two, you know, Sherry, if I need to buy a new camera, I I pick up six more jobs to buy a new camera. I'm not somebody asking for a handout, you know. Yeah. Absolutely. So that was also like it. It ended up being a truly life saving, incredible. At first, I was just like, oh, this is so not like me. But yeah. then, so many people started sharing the link for the GoFundMe with, yeah. you know, stories of how we met or something that I had no recollection of doing of helping them in some way, shape, mm-hmm. or form. Mm-hmm. And so it was just, I. I, I said this before, but I felt like I really understood seasons of love from rent. And I know that yeah. might sound completely yeah. che- cheesy, yeah. but I, I was just like, I love
0: cheesy and you I know what you mean. I know you felt, it ba- was just bathed like, in it. you felt, yeah, bathed in
1: it. I felt bathed in love. And I also felt like, you know, you think about your life when you're going through something like mm-hmm. this mm-hmm. and you're like the things that really matter and that you remember are the relationships that you've built with people and these amazing moments of connection and, and you know, measuring everything you measure yeah. it in love, you know? And yeah. so I, was, it was a really overwhelming um, feeling. Uh, and so emo- I, I couldn't even look at the GoFundMe for a while because it would just like completely, so it was so overwhelming for me. Yeah. And my friends were like, have you looked at it? Have you looked at it? I'm like, I can't look at it
0: guys. <laughs> I can't look
1: at it. And then when I would, I just like burst into tears, you know, it was just, it was incredible. It is incredible. Mm-hmm.
0: in the beginning of your diagnosis that I know lit you up like a Christmas tree because we knew how exciting it was for you just knowing you as a human being. Can you just share with everybody that gift that you got? Yes. I feel like most people that
1: know me know that like my fundamental things are Star Wars and boy bands of the nineties. That's pretty much (laughs) the essence of my soul. That's true. Um, Yes. So I, Love and Sync specifically, Lance Bass. He has been my boo from the beginning. I love him. Will always love him. Um, And so one of my friends, and this is also incredible. She has an interior design company. And so she started a little um, campaign, if you will, saying, you know, if you sign up for, you know, this kind of design, a portion of the proceeds are going to my friend battling cancer. And so she took the money from that and she got a cameo from Lance Bass. I pretty much lost my mind. I mean, it's it's just like childhood dreams coming true. I mean, you got to you got to look at the bright side, you know, like cancer sucks, no doubt about it, but all these amazing things that have come into my life because this happened. I mean, so Lance said hi to me. He was amazing. Yeah. Um also when I lost the, I mean, people really knew my love for Lance cuz when I started losing my hair, yeah. um I The whole hair, that was really hard for me. Um, They had told me, they had told me, you know, your second or third round of chemo, you'll probably um, start losing your hair. Well, it was after my first round, I started losing hair. And I had actually just cut it short, like a pixie cut. I remember you got this cool little, like this little side swoop Mm -hmm. thing. You're like, I'm going to rock
0: this for a bit. And you're like, okay. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And like days, because I just thought, you know, if I can just control what's, you know, it thinning out. It'll help me. So like two days after I got the pixie cut, it started falling out. Mm. Um, and so, and it was just getting worse and worse and worse. And I mean, I'd wake up and it looked like a wig was on my pillow. And so I was just like, okay, we just got to shave this now because it's, this is the trauma of having your hair come out and just having it come out in clumps. I was just like, I'm not here for this. Like, let's just shave it off. So I have a Lance, Ban- Lance Bass Space Camp shirt. <gasps> Um, so I wore that and I shaved my head and it was, it was really what I needed. Like the mm-hmm. land's best space camp shirt is really what got me through shaving my head. And I was yeah. surprisingly okay when I did it. Um, I thought I was going to, especially cause the, the falling out was so emotional for me. But then yeah. when I looked at myself and I was bald, I was surprisingly okay. Yeah. Um, so Lance, I mean, what more did yeah. you really want?
0: Uh, no, I mean, knowing that that happened and it happened at the right time, it felt like it felt like the timing of the event was totally. very sweet and joyous, right? Oh, it gave you a little boost so of joy Yes, and a scary time. Mm-hmm. Um, Shayla, I think I want to move on to a little bit of a trickier subject, which was that you, I, I absolutely would consider this a near-death experience for you. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I want to talk a little bit about what what it's what it's like to have to consider. Yeah. So when they,
1: you know, I got my diagnosis and I was like, "Okay, what's next? And they said, you're going to do chemo. And there's also (laughs) I'm a big Grey's Anatomy fan. I was (laughs) also on major drugs when they said this to me. So sorry if this offends anyone, but I was so hopped up on drugs. And so they're like, we're going to get you on chemo. We're going to start this right away. And I was like, but wait a minute, Izzy and Alex, Alex had a jizz in a cup and they had to fertilize these eggs before she got the chemo. What are we doing about that? <laughs> and like a slurred. And they're like, has no one talked to you about fertility yet? And I was like, no one's talked to me about fertility. So they're like, okay, you're going to get a bone marrow biopsy and then we're going to talk to you about your fertility options. So here you are as a 34-year-old, young, healthy woman Mm -hmm. having to make it just, and I am single and I, you know, like I'm not dating anyone. So you're like, I don't know what's happening with babies. Like, I I don't know nothing about birth and no babies. Like, (laughs) I don't know you
0: know (laughs) well and also like who freezing my eggs it's in a way it's kind of like how do you know I want to have babies like you know it's kind of a wild assumption you know
1: and I'll be honest about this too I've always felt like you know if I have kids great and if I don't that's good I've never been a person that's been super gung-ho about kids right I've never said (laughs) yeah I've never said no to it but I've never been like because I just I don't know. I'm just kind of taking things as it comes, you know, Yeah, yeah. but also when it's presented to you as like your eggs could die um, and you might not be able to have children ever. That's a different story. You know, that's a really overwhelming thing to, to talk about and to think about. And they give you hours to make this decision. And uh, thank God I had a great friend, my friend Katie. She took off work to be with me for this talk. And, She was amazing. And actually, I had this amazing nurse from Ireland that came and sat on my bed. What? She was probably in her like mid-50s. And she said to me, um, she shared her story of, you know, I ended up not being able to have kids because uh, I went to early menopause. And she, uh, she was like, at first, I was really upset when somebody takes that away from you. Mm-hmm. She said, but I've lived a great life. And she said, I can tell by the amount of people that come in and out of your, <laughs> your hospital room, you've yeah, lived yeah, a great yeah. life too. And she and and the other thing was everybody said, you know, I had a massive, scary tumor. They were just like, you don't have the time. That's what they all told me. You don't have the time to do this. And then your insurance also thinks that it's in a elective, quote unquote, elective procedure if you want. And they won't cover it like to get your eggs frozen.
0: Oh yeah. It costs like $20,000 yeah. to get your eggs frozen. Cause my, yeah, like- my mother asked me, she's like, you're going to freeze your eggs. Right. And I'm like, Honey, I mean, <laughs> I,
1: yeah, it's just, it's, so that was, that was my first like major, you know, big life decision, if you will. And like I said, in the beginning, my doctor was very optimistic. So I yeah. never, I never felt like I'm dying, but you know, it's, it is, uh, something that you have to think about and, Um, and I, so after chemo was done, um, I had to start going, getting all these tests to make sure that the rest of my body was okay after chemo. Uh And so my first mammogram I had came back abnormal and, uh, that's the first time, uh, that I really had incredible fear during, I mean, some parts were scary, no doubt. I had, I was fearful a little bit, but really not a lot, you know, Mm -hmm. and I was really grateful for that. But when I got that abnormal mammogram, I started completely spiraling. I was supposed to get my port uh, surgery the next day to get my port removed. And so I was like, Oh God, if I have breast cancer, I can't get the port removed now. And I can't, you know, it just was like,
0: yeah, it, ruined your plans.
1: it was just like a knot in my stomach freaking out. Just like, I can't <sighs> go through this and I can't go through this again. And so then I, this was all dialogue in my head. I kind of stopped myself and I said, okay, what's the worst thing that could happen if you have breast cancer right now? And I was like, well, I could die. And, uh, I just was like, well, I don't want to die, but if I had to die, if this is what my journey is, I, I've loved my life. Like, I don't, I don't have any regrets and that is what calmed me down from, from this. Um,
0: but it's a lot, it is a lot, you know? Well, because we don't know what, you know, we don't know what that means. Mm Mm-hmm.
1: Right. It's well, and they, they say that the hardest part of recovery for people is this illusion that every, first of all, we all know at some point in time, we're going to die. Right. We all know that, yeah. but there is an illusion when you're healthy and you're young and, and whatnot that you're immortal and that you don't feel You're like, ah, that's going to happen, you know, far away. But then all of a sudden this thing happens where it's real now. And it's, uh, you, you know, you just don't know where it's going to go. And so I, I don't know. I just, um, I try not to dwell on that. I really don't. I also feel very optimistic that like, this is not, I have more time. Like I, and thank God, like my treatment worked and I'm, we haven't said this yet, but I am in remission. Thank God. You are. Um,
0: I am in remission. It's great. Cause you had a doctor's Um, appointment today too. And you go to doctor's office, uh, doctor's appointments for checkups. How often?
1: are you um, usually now going- it's getting now it's getting less and less now that right. more time has passed um right. but I will have another pet scan at the end of this month um to that which will be my first pet scan to make sure that we are still cancer free the yeah. way to be um so it's it just depends i also you know i've been having complications in recovery um yeah people don't I talk feel, about I f- that either right people don't yeah. talk about that either I, like i feel like recovery even more so
0: than The actual treatment, treatment, right? Because that's Um, something that people know. They know you go into chemotherapy. They know the basic things that people go through. But yeah, they don't know what it does to your body, and it does something different to everybody.
1: Yes, and that's the other thing too. That's uh, my doctor kept telling me. You you know, multiple people were telling me you peeing yourself is not a normal chemo side effect. So they thought I was getting you know bladder tests to see if I had an an infection, and I I, it all came back normal. I was like, guys, I'm telling you, this is from (laughs) chemo. Like, I know this is from chemo. And you know your body, too. I know, you know my the- body, yeah. <laughs> and so they then I, once that I chemo ended, I stopped peeing myself. So
0: it's like, yes, this was from chemo. You were having to look at your mortality yeah. while this was going on. And then the pandemic on top of that was putting your mortality at risk, right? Yeah. It was like you don't just deal with the regular mortality fear. Yeah. You were yeah. in a crisis, in a crisis.
1: Yeah and that's that was so hard because honestly can't the cancer stuff i was handling mm-hmm. pretty well right, i was like okay right. let's just, just do this just give me the thing yeah but now when you have covid on top of it you're just like what the hell i it that was really really tough for me of just uh you know they they also say in a, a hard part of cancer and recovery is that you have no control. I mean, really, honestly, truly no one has control over anything, but you really feel like you've lost your control when you have something like this. And then when you have this pandemic that's happening, that no one really fully knows anything about or how they're getting it and that you don't necessarily show symptoms. That was just,
0: that was really scary for me. That was really hard. And when you were having those hard, difficult thoughts, and difficult spots, and difficult days, and difficult weeks, right? Because yeah. I know that it was—it it wasn't just a cloud that passed over your head every once in a while. Yeah, you have—it's—it's tra- a—it's an overload of trauma all at once,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and you were processing it without people around you that you typically would be around, right? So what were things that you did that that you felt were, because, you know, sometimes people have meditation, sometimes people have certain things. What do you feel like was something that kept your equilibrium?
1: Well, meditation, 100%. Um, one of my best friends from college, he teaches meditation and the summer before this all happened, when I actually unknowingly was starting to show symptoms, but I didn't know, mm-hmm. um, he had reached out and he had reached out to me multiple times before, Hey, I'm going to be in the city. Do you want to take my meditation course? And I had just been like, no, I'm okay. I'm good. And I don't know what it was. Call it into call it intuition, call it what, the force, call it whatever you want to call it. But mm-hmm. he asked me, do you want to take the course? And I immediately said, yes. Um, and I'm, thank God I did because the meditation got me through treatment. I mean, we also haven't talked about my treatment is like the most chemo they'll give anyone. I had five days of 24 hour infusion for six rounds. So that's 30 full days, 24 hours of chemo. When most people go in for like four or five hours, once every three weeks, I would go in for five days for 24 hour. And
0: that's an aggressive treatment for an aggressive, right. So they had to be that aggressive because they had to go, Oh no, you don't. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. So
1: the other thing I've been doing recently, um, I I'll be very honest, I've been very frustrated with the recovery process. The recovery process has been harder for me than treatment. Treatment is like, okay, I have a goal yes. to kill the cancer. Yeah. And I know what days I'm going in for my treatment. And I right. know, you know, you mm-hmm. somewhat know what to expect. And once you have your first couple rounds, you kind of know when you're gonna ebb and flow energy-wise and how mm-hmm. you're gonna feel. And then they just drop you out into the real world and are like, okay, go fly with not a lot of resources. And actually one of my healthcare providers said, I probably shouldn't tell you this, but they can make you, they can make more money off you in treatment than they can with recovery. So that's often why they don't like deal with people in recovery. I know. I was just like, well, that
0: makes oh all my this. God. World. And why this world is so corrupt. And it took a pandemic for us to have to look at it.
1: So what I've been doing recently, I also realized as, you know, this is a normal trauma reaction. I've been like trying to pretend like I didn't get cancer. <laughs> but I'm just at my parents' house hanging out. Just hanging out because there's a pandemic <laughs> and you, you got to hang out and for- <laughs> um, <laughs> And... Because I was pretending like this didn't happen, I would get really frustrated with the progress of my body. Why am I not walking like a normal person? Mm -hmm. Why don't I have my energy back? Why don't... Because then also everybody kept feeding me, you're young, you're healthy, you're going to bounce right back. Mm -hmm. The 40 pounds you gained in six weeks from the medication we gave you is going to fall right off your body. Well, that's not happening. Uh It's not happening. And so I was just like, what the hell and then when i started reframing it of like well shayla you had a shit ton of chemo pumped into your body for months Mm -hmm. you did go through that and like kind of held up the mirror of like hey i know you're pretending like this didn't happen but this did happen boo um that kind of took the pressure off me and also made me realize you know i'm actually doing really well um considering everything that really did happen. Um, And I've joined a support group too Ah. an online support group um, for people that have had this kind of lymphoma and this kind of treatment, which is awesome. Um, Because, you know, I've talked to friends with breast cancer who have been amazing and supportive and even different kinds of lymphoma who have been amazing and supportive, but they haven't had the the same regimen of treatment that I've had. And so in a kind way, they'd be like, you're not feeling better yet. And I then you feel like, oh God, I'm supposed to be feeling better. Is something wrong? But then yet yet again, like you said, recovery is different for every single person. Treatment's different for every single person. Everybody's
0: body is different. And yeah. I dare I even say, and maybe I'm being too like woo-woo about it, but you kind of did have a double whammy of trauma. Yeah. that you didn't that you didn't quite process in a way that any normal person would be able to process anything. So oh, yeah. the body there's a book called the body keeps the score, which is a, a book about PTSD, which is basically like your body holds on to trauma.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, and
0: until you release it, it's going to keep kind of expressing itself saying, please pay attention to me. Yeah, or it'll start making decisions for you. Right. So the trauma is, I, I would imagine that the more you're able to kind of let the trauma drop off or yeah. work on it with whatever you're in, your body will start kind of following. Well, and that's
1: been a new, a new thing for me too, because, um, you know, I was diagnosed and in treatment within a week, so you really don't have any time to process what the hell is happening to you. You're just on the train of like, get me better, get me better, you know, Mm -hmm. get me cancer free. And so that was part of what was really hard for me when I was finished with treatment is the adrenaline wore off. And then I was like, what the hell just happened? Um, and I, I was definitely depressed and just like what, you know, and, and then you feel then it's that survivor's guilt of, why am I feeling depressed when I just found out I'm in remission? I shouldn't be feeling these things. Um, but it's it's not and then my I also I've been going to a cancer therapist. Oh um,
0: great. Which has oh been my great. God, that's incredible. Because I, I
1: would have never called this trauma before. It mm-hmm. was talking to a therapist that helped help me realize that this is hundred percent a trauma. Yes. Um, <sighs> so it's the I'm just grateful to have, and I have a wonderful group of of family and friends that I, that I talk to on the regular that have been helping me sort through this. Um, but I have noticed that since I started reframing and realizing that, um, you know, this did happen to me, I am starting to physically feel better. I'm walking easier now. I'm walking longer now, um, which has been great. So I, I'm just trying to keep things in perspective.
0: And Shayla, the last thing that I want to say that I think is really, really special about you, or at least I feel that you've given the people that know you, um, is that it's the transparency. I'm a transparent person. And I think that along the way, people have been like, whoa, you know, you can't be that transparent. And, um, I'm learning now more than ever that that's exactly how we have to be with everybody. So everybody knows what, what's going on and we could all t- change together. Yeah. Your transparency about yourself gave people permission to be transparent. Thank you. And I, and I just want to say that I feel like that's what's been missing from our community and the world is that we're not being authentic and honest with each other yeah. about what our experiences are with our lives or with each other. For that matter, mm-hmm. we all just kind of hurt each other. And I feel like what a great way to go. We don't have to do this like that. We can actually yeah. just say what's going on and be present in who we are. And that moment to momentness, we're all in it. So the transparency is actually critical. It's so, it's so important. And, and just to connect as human
1: beings, you know, like we, we are all, everyone is going through. So, and a lot of people have said to me, I can't tell you what's going on with me because you're going through cancer. That's so much worse. It's like, yes, you can. Like I'm still me, you know, like we are all going through our own thing. So the more open and honest we can all be about whatever it is, it takes the stigma and the shame out of, out of all of it. So Thank you for saying that. Um, Thank you for it's, taking your so off. Well, it's so funny because it's like I didn't go into this
0: like let me help the world by sharing my. You know I mean? No, it's, it's, I, I wanted you to. That's why I invited you because this is going to be an audience that's past our group of friends, yeah. and you know our group of friends is huge because <laughs> you're beloved. I just think it's really, really important for me to be able to let people know that someone like you took their experience, which is like, couldn't have been more challenging and is still finding the spirituality in it and the hope in it and the clarity of self in it. Um, So I love you and I'm really, really appreciative of you. And I can't wait to see how this uh, healing process continues to evolve for you and where your artistry gets to expand From having experienced this. Because I will tell you, it's going to, it has no choice but to expand. Yeah. Well, I love you. And thank you so much. (laughs)
1: And thank you for being a friend that always checks up on me through all of this. And um, for being who you are and and advocating for everybody. I mean, it's just, I always love looking at what you're putting
0: out there. You're amazing. Well, I'm secretly also advocating for myself. (laughs) When (laughs) I advocate for other people, I'm saying what matters to me too. You know, so I'm advocating for mental health you know respect for people who are working with mental health uh issues you know caring about people who are just built differently you know whatever is going on in the world is going on with me is going on with you you know so why not i'm advocating for us all yeah um but it feels good to do it so thank you for being incredible i'll see you soon right yes you're amazing love you thank you love you thanks for being here incredible everybody it's sherry sanders thanks for listening to this episode of cause and effect cause and effect is part of the broadway podcast network produced by dory berenstein and alan seals edited by kyle moore and music by courtney bassett and andrew swackhammer of starbird and the phoenix special thanks to stephen farisee thank you and if you like what you hear Don't forget to subscribe and rate this podcast wherever you stream. You should also follow me on Instagram, (laughs) at rocktheaudition. And to learn more, visit bpn.fm backslash cause and effect. Peace.
2: 18 plus.